0: Thanks for tuning into the DoFiers Experience Podcast. Your boy Frank Nitty. I'm back for another episode. Man, I want to say thank you to each and every person who gave me an opportunity by clicking this button and checking out what I have to say, man. I like, I like to say I appreciate each and every person who, you know, clicked this button and gave me an opportunity to share with you my thoughts and my opinion about what's going on in this world, and what's going on in this culture, man. As you know, it's been a crazy couple of weeks. And I just want to say I miss you guys, man. I know that I haven't been consistently putting up these episodes, but I have good, I have good intentions. I wanna do them each and every week, but man, it's sometimes it's just a little bit more difficult to do it when I have kids and we're doing activities six days a week, plus school, work, things like that, man. It gets a little tough on your boy, but I wanna do it more often. My season is starting to wind down with the, with the baseball. I'm out there three days a week with the kids, i do it because i love it i love it i don't get paid for it. i volunteer my time and I, this is my way of paying it forward and giving back because i enjoyed baseball when i was growing up it was my first love until i got about junior high and then i start playing more football and got a little bit more football centric and didn't really play baseball again until my senior year so when i get an opportunity to get out there with those kids and try to teach them the game of baseball. I see that faces lighting up. You know, I have I had uh, 14, 15 kids on my T-ball team and I got nine kids on my uh, minor league team and I enjoy each and every moment I'm out there with them, man. And to see that they're how far they come from the first day we go out on a practice who they never played baseball, never threw a baseball, never hit a ball from hitting off a tee to ba- to basically hitting from a, a coach pitching it to him. It's amazing that the growth that they have. And I feel so empowered when I'm out there with them because it it gives me the opportunity to de-stress. I don't think about any work things. I don't think about any life issues. I'm just out there in the moment with those kids and they are giving me so much joy. They don't understand how much they give me joy by doing this and allowing me to be their coach. And I for sure will want to do it more often. I, I, I implore anybody who has a skill and a sport to get out and teach kids and coach kids, man, because they are like sponges. They soak up everything you do. Yeah, you have to keep their attention span because it's very short, but they give you all they have. They are there, they're attentive. And they enjoy it, and I enjoy being there with them. Their parents enjoy bringing them out there. They are always encouraging me. They always say how much they love that I, uh, how energetic I am with the kids, and how much they talk about it when they're not even out on the field. I only have them an hour a week plus the game day. Imagine if I had them more, t- more time with them, they'll really be dialed in. But it's just for the the beginner stages and this is where I love I love it. It's non-competitive, so I'm not having to put pressure on them. The parents are not having to put pressure on them or on me on referees, umpires, anybody. It's just it's just fun and it gives them an opportunity to learn the game at their pace. Because when I was a kid, it was pretty competitive starting off just in T ball because you're you're keeping score, you're keeping you're getting outs, and, and at the same time, you really don't even understand the game. You don't understand where you're doing where you're going with the when you hit the ball and whatever the case may be. But this gives them opportunity to learn at their place and also to have fun. Man, there's been a couple of things that kind of jumped off this past week, these past couple of weeks, and I wanna talk about it. Uh, first of all, I wanna, you know, shout out to Jamie Foxx, man. He is actually um, he's doing much better we didn't know anything that was going on with him his his circle is so tight-knit um that could be a wonderful thing but at the same time it's a bad thing too because you know you have all these rumors out there saying this and saying that and you know but when you don't speak or someone from your camp don't speak on your behalf it just leaves people to wonder that could be a good thing you don't have you have your, your circle so close and so so tight that they know not to release anything he hasn't said what he was going through you know we had we saw a picture of him just kind of pop up on a boat he waved and, and I was like man I don't trust this I don't tr- I don't trust this at all I don't know who that is but after he his movie was 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 released you know they cloned Tyrone which was a really dope movie I I highly recommend everybody get opportunity to check out his movie um, I said, if he doesn't come out and promote this movie or say anything about this, um, I don't know what's going on. Because I told I told my wife, I was like, look, in order for me to believe something's healthy or something's going positive for Jamie, I'm going to have to see him on somebody's podcast. He's going to have to hold his phone up. He's going to have to talk. I need to see some video. I don't want to hear any more statements from anybody, from any blog sites or anything like that. I want to hear directly from the horse's mouth. And after the movie, where it was released the first weekend, he jumped up on his Instagram and he talked and he was saying, man, hey, look, you know, I had a lot going on. I didn't want you guys to see me like this. And that's how I said it. I want to see him on a podcast or something like that. I want to see my podcast and I want to see him joking. I want to see him being himself. But he just jumped on his Instagram for a little bit. He just talked about some of the things that, you know, he was going through and he didn't he didn't get divulged really what happened. He said he's going to do that in a later date. But he doesn't owe us that. He just needs to let us know that he's okay, man. He he holds a, a dear special place in a lot of our hearts with a lot of things that he's movies and entertainment. He's he's a trifecta when it comes to a super talented athlete, uh, uh, actor. You know, he's a comedian, he's an actor, he does it all, man. He's he's a he's a, tr- a true trifecta, man. He can get on that stage and he can rock it with with his comedy. He can get out there and do it with his movie. He's a he's an Oscar winner for Ray, and just to see you know just see him. Just being him, you know, we have no ill will towards him. We we love him. We hold him dear in our hearts. And for him not to be healthy, just all of a sudden, we get concerned. We get worried. You know what I mean? Because like I said, these rumors are coming out. He could be, you know, about to die and all this craziness. You know, just rumors. But but, but to see him actually come out and uh, basically say that he was okay, that made it gave the world an opportunity to take a deep breath and like, okay, we we he's okay. He's okay, but if you haven't seen that movie, definitely go check it out, man. It's one of those movies that um, it has a lot of hidden messages in it. As I say, I call, call it like putting candy in the uh, putting the, uh, putting the medicine in the candy. You know, a lot of hidden messages. But the movie itself was good. I don't want to give it away. So if you have an opportunity, you need something to watch on Netflix, please go check out that. And then recently, he he basically posted something on his um, on his Instagram, basically saying, "I posted they killed this dude named Jesus. What do you think they'll do to you?" Fake friends, fake love. And when I saw it, I automatically knew what he was talking about. I didn't take nothing. You know, I just be like, oh man, he got some some fake friends in this in this circle, man. He got he's trying to do some cleanup, something going on. And as we already know in the culture what that means, because basically in our culture is like you are nope, you you're you you, you can not be as perfect as Jesus. And because he was a perfect person basically, they still killed him. So what you think they'll do to you? And we know you're not a perfect person. So we understand that in the culture that when something like that happens or someone says something like that, we know what what it is. But people outside of our culture don't know. And so they basically took it and ran with it about anti-Semitism and all this and all that. And I'm like, what? what? Huh? How, how is that even possible? What are you talking about? Anti- how is it anti-Semitic? Like, why would that be anti-Semitic with that statement? And so we see Jennifer Aniston coming out and saying they was anti-Semitic and all this, and she's using her white flag to to wave it high and try to get the attention to the point where it forced Jamie Foxx to, he had to apologize. I'm like, apologize? Apologize for what? And because, you know, he's in that industry, he basically kind of, you know, gave in, gave in and just did the apology so he wouldn't have to have much of the backlash. But I didn't see the point in it. Like, sometimes we have to just realize that, you know, it is what it is in our culture and people have to understand um, our culture. They need to do a little bit more digging and trying to figure out what people are actually saying and how things are are, are, are depicted in our culture versus just jumping out the window and saying something and using your platform with millions of people and you riling up millions of people. I'm not saying that it's not anti-Semitic in other people's culture. I'm not gonna say that. That's, wh- that's how they feel, just like how we feel but when it's coming from people, you need to have more context. You need to understand what people are saying. I think we lose that, we lo- we're losing that man, like that context and people are getting a lot more sensitive about things. Like when there was a time when you can say something and people will understand and they will understand the context because they understand who is saying it, where it's coming from, how it was said, but now when you have all the social media, you just post something online and people just take it and they just run with it. And you're wondering, like, why are they saying this? Because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, OK, yeah, he said that something must be going on. There must be somebody around him doing some snake stuff. You know, we, we have to figure out who those people are. And we we put it up there because it comes to light eventually. And then, you know, here comes the, the, the American white woman waving her flag. And you're wondering, like, woman, what are you talking about? Get off your horse. Get off your high horse. And she got the people riled up. Like I said, it could be some anti-Semitism that's, you know, behind it in other cultures, which I don't know about. Because we all have our own viewpoint of, you know, Jesus and, you know. God and our, and our beliefs. Everybody has different different beliefs, different cultures, uh, worship different ways, and they have different sins within a culture, but before you jump out the window, you need to have more context. You need to call up your black friends and ask them, you know, what is Jamie talking about? Or call Jamie himself. I'm pretty sure they're on the level where they can get in contact with each other she can reach out to his people and say hey i want to i saw jamie posted something and i want to just get a little bit more context on that What is it actually does he mean instead of you just jumping on your social media and just saying whatever to get people riled up when you don't have context on what's being said call up your black friends and be like hey what is that i saw jamie posted something man they killed they, they killed this dude named jesus like what is he talking about You know, what does that mean? Can you give me some more context? Can you explain this to me a little bit further? And then people will break it down for you and give you more understanding before you just jump out the window and start just saying whatever. Because anytime it comes down to the Jewish community, we bend and we bend and we give in. But nobody bends their will when it comes down to the black community when something's said about us. Somebody call us a nigga, they just go like, oh, yeah, you know, he doesn't mean it that way. Uh, he just said it. It, it it didn't mean to come out that way Oh he's sorry And then they move on But if it's anything with the LGBTQ community Or the, the Jewish community Or any other communities that have some You know influence They will make you apologize Immediately Immediately But when it comes down to the black community Things just kind of drag on Sometimes you don't even get apologies. apology It's just something gets said And then they just move on There's no consequences behind it And then i wonder why we don't have an answer because a lot of things get said a lot of things get done to black people but nothing comes from it but let a black man or somebody say something about you know a particular uh, community they will be all over your head and then if you are part of that community where you are in that industry hollywood you know you have to be a part of this industry, so therefore you have to apologize because you don't want to piss off anybody that's, you know, writing these scripts for you or being a part of these producers who putting you in these movies and different things like that because that's your livelihood. So instead of having to deal with the backlash, you just go ahead and apologize and give in. And on that note about the Hollywood, man, they're going through a, a writer's strike. The writers, the actors, they're getting together and they're, they're coming into alliance and they are basically going against... The studio heads, they're letting Hollywood know, like, look, we are no longer going to be going for how you guys are treating us when it comes to the distribution and the payouts of all these different types of uh, uh, streaming services. Because streaming services is here. They're not going anywhere. And they probably had old uh, old ties to a lot of different contracts that were said in the, in the past where if you shoot a show or you shoot a movie and it goes to the TV networks and you continue to get your residuals. And you get nice size residuals and that's how they, you know, make passively income. You make one project now or you make a, a great season and then all of a sudden you have five seasons of a dope show and then what happens is it goes into syndication. And it gets, you know, rerun and it gets on, you know, sold to this network. It gets sold to that network. And it just goes on and on and on for years to come. Just imagine how long Martin's been on TV or the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or Seinfeld or Friends or just any of those shows that are some of those staples of shows that has been in our community that has been on TV. And then they continue to make money. You know, at one point in time, some of those some of those episodes, people were making a million dollars per episode. And then to get that passively, you know, brought uh, come to your mailbox each and every month you know for years and years and years to come then all of a sudden these streaming services come along and they're like look we're not doing that anymore we're not paying those residuals we don't have to we all have a we have a subscriber base now we don't have to pay all those different residual prices and, and the, the writers and the actors are like no we're not going for this man you you guys are lowering our payouts and we're, we're gonna we're gonna come together and we're gonna have to renegotiate this thing. But the, the produce, I mean, the the studio heads are like, look, we don't really need y'all, man. We can use AI now, and that's what they're fighting against. They're fighting against the technology. The technology is kind of like tapping into their industry. Yeah, they have the cameras and all the other things, but the the technology of AI is infiltra- infiltrating their industry, where you can have AI write a script. It might not be as good as a person writing it. But they can have instead of have 15, 20 people in the writers room, they only probably need five now. And they don't want that. They want to continue to have writers, which gives them jobs. And I totally understand. I'm all about people keeping their job. But technology is always going to be a part of going to be that one thing that comes along and is going to, you know, push your industry. And now is at their front door. They want these streaming services to basically come out and show their numbers Well, the streaming services don't show their numbers. And I don't believe they're showing the numbers because the numbers are not where they think they should be. They're not high. And all that that secrecy is predicated on their stock prices. Honestly, because the only thing that's really out there doing the only streaming services out there really that's doing good is probably like Netflix and Hulu. These Disney streaming services, Paramount Plus, Showtime, HBO, all these streaming services that we have the abundance of, they're probably not doing as good as we think they are because it's a subscriber based business. And we're not subscribing to all of these applications when all these shows on because it's so scattered out. Show over here on Prime, this show over here on Netflix, that show over over on Paramount, this show over on Showtime, this show is over on HBO. You know, these shows are just so scattered out where we're not trying to pay 10, 12 dollars a month for all these streaming services. You we might as well go back to the cable. That was the whole point of getting away from the cable because we were paying for 400 channels and we only watched seven. And we were like, man, why are we watching? Why are we paying all this money for seven channels? And then come the streaming services. OK, I don't have to pay for the cable anymore. I can just get what I want. I can just watch what I want. And I had to deal with all the commercials. And then all the streaming services, all the networks figured out, oh, well, they're not going to watch our show on the on the, on the the cable box. So we're going to create our own network." Here comes ABC. Here comes CBS. Here comes Paramount. Here come all these different networks, these networks creating their own app with their own content. And it's not working. These people are not showing those numbers. And that's what the f- people are fighting for. They want to be able to see these numbers so they can be getting paid. But these these numbers are being hidden because the stock prices are tied directly to it because they're predicting and thinking what these stocks, what these companies are worth but not knowing the actual numbers can you imagine disney which is actually floundering right now they're firing people left and right over there It's one of the staple staple companies in the country disney world espn uh um, abc they have all these things tied into the the disney parks they have all these things tied together and then they don't want to show the numbers for the disney plus a subscription-based service that they have, because they know the numbers aren't there. People who are probably signing up for the shows are watching it for the watching it for the free service for thirty or sixty days, and then they're probably canceling because there's not anything on there that they want to watch. These Marvel shows are not probably bringing the subscribers that they hope they would bring, because these shows haven't been good since Endgame. These shows are not good. These movies are not being good. They're not as good as they were prior to Endgame, and they can't expect these shows to try to save the network. And so they're fighting for those rights. They want their residuals. They want their money. They want to see They want to see those numbers. They want them to force them to reveal those numbers. But they are not going to reveal those numbers because we know those numbers are not, not what they need to be. And so i also like to transition and talk about what we actually just seen recently, man, that Montgomery, Alabama brawl. Man, I don't know why I got a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of tickle and a little bit of uh excitement out of watching that go down. Cause when I first saw it, I was like, what, what is this happening? Another fight? Oh, I don't want to watch this, but let me just check it out anyway. And then you just see a black guy working his job, trying to get the boat to the dock, white people doing what they do, being there in the way, he pol- politely asking them to move and they're drunk. And they're probably just saying all kind of negative, crazy things to him. And then all of a sudden they decided to try to jump on this black man. And that black and them black people united down there and brought the house down. They were not playing with them. They were not playing. You have a bunch of people who don't even know one another are stepping up to help this man because they basically three or four white men jumped on this black man for doing his job. And the black people came out the woodworks. I didn't know where them black folks came and I watched it for two to three days watching every angle of the video and every time it got better you can just feel the racism in that brawl you can just feel like those people have been waiting on this moment since selma down in montgomery alabama you could just feel the tension that was there you had a young black boy jump off the boat swim over to him jump in there help out You have people jumping off the boat that was trying to get to the, that was on the riverside boat, jump off the boat, come over to help the black guy. People coming off the dock, people coming from everywhere, helping that black man out. And I was just like so in awe that the unity just happened all of a sudden. This man hit this woman, hit this woman, hit another guy, hit him with a chair. It was just like the trending thing for a couple of days, man. And you could just see there was seemed like it was justified. It was so justified for that to happen. Like, bro, what, why would you attack a black man by himself for just doing his job? That's the white privilege right there. And that white privilege thought they could just get away with that. They thought they were gonna be able to jump on this black man, whoop his ass, and then just go by their day. But oh no, 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 no. Not today, not today. Those black folks came together and they put the whooping on them white folks. And I'm talking about a real whooping. The whole family, mama, sister, cousin, uncle, brother, all the white folks that was there on the dock, they got it. And those black folks rallied to help one another because they they didn't want to, they not standing for that. We not that old generation, bro. We not finna just take them ass whoopings and just go about our business. You're not gonna use your white privilege and just jump on somebody for doing what they're supposed to do, and you're just gonna take that and just go home and feel good about yourself. No, 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 no. Not this time. Not this time. I'm talking about every angle, every commentary. That was low-key the best part to me. you hearing the people commentating play by play on what's happening. Oh shit, everybody, everybody swim. Swim over there. Look at him. Look at him swim. Oh, he got a chill. He got a chill. He doing it. Oh, just the play by play was phenomenal. And watching, just watching it unfold from one person's phone to the next person's phone to the next person's phone, it was just amazing to see how this thing just, just overwhelmingly got out of control so fast. Police were there; they couldn't stop it because it seemed like it was just that tension down there that had been, been way that had been boiling up, and that was the that was the straw that broke the camel back. None of that would have never happened had the white folks just got their boat, moved the boat out the way, and just let the river, the riverside boat or whatever they call the river boat, just dock like it was supposed to dock. Because they, from the other videos, it looked like they were just out in the water waiting. It's like, look, we got to dock. These people can't. We can't dock until this boat is moved. They said that the guy had been asking, them, hey, look, you need to move your boat so that we can we can go ahead and dock the boat so we can let the people off the boat. But they were just not doing what they they were just doing what they want to do and not listening. And thought they were just gonna just take take they take the um they frustration out on this black man and just gonna whoop his ass and then that was gonna be it and they were gonna continue to go about that day. But not this time, say, not this time, not this time. Them white them black folks went to work. And the internet was just cooking with the memes. That's the fun part of it. Black Twitter gets gets involved and it's cooking and it cooked for a couple of days definitely definitely cooked for a couple of days and the entertainment and the content that came out of it was just phenomenal so man, I just want to say thank you to each and every person who, who gave me opportunity to check out this episode, man. I want to continue to make these episodes as frequently as I possibly can. I will have more time, so I want to talk about more things. I want to start and get back to interviewing people. I want to get back to you know consistently giving you guys these dope episodes, saying because I, I appreciate you guys sticking with me. And this summer has, like I said, it's been busy, but like I said, it's been it's been because of a you know opportunity for me to be able to be out with kids and you know paying it forward. And different things like that. So, with that, I want to go ahead and wrap it up, man. Stay dope. Continue to be inspired. This your boy, Frank Nitty from The Sip. I'm out. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to grab some merch, canvas prints for your home or office, or see the full link video from this episode, please visit DoVision.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DoVisionSF. Also, send me an email of someone you'd like to hear on the podcast at DoVisionSF at gmail.com. Also, please join the DoVision Vision Club at Patreon.com forward slash for early access to the content and some of the behind the scenes look of some of the episodes that I create. While you're listening, don't forget to hit, hit the subscribe button and comment on the podcast as well as my YouTube channel and turn on those post notifications so that you'll be notified each and every time I drop a new episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, collaboration over competition. Until next time, this is your boy Frank Nitty and I'm out.